Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, August 24th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is Tim Fucking Gettys. Let's him host. Kev, I do have a question. Why am I so big? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just noticing that. I was just noticing that. It's because uh, but- I set you up the other way with you hosting. And then gotcha. I asked Blessing like two minutes ago. I was like, hey, who's hosting? And he was He's like, so zoomed in. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Well, I mean, to I, be I fair, his camera's very zoomed in to begin with. I mean, Tim looks like he like Tim looked like he was about to deliver some news, <laughs> like a banger. See, this is the, we're getting a lot better here. We're getting a lot better here. But bless, speaking of better, oh my god, you're looking better than you have since the first day I met you, baby. I'm oh, thanks, loving man. this haircut. Wow, thanks, man. Yeah, dude, I found I finally got to get like the actual like good hair. I mean, and this isn't me throwing shade at yourself because he did a, he did a great job when he last cut my hair. But I haven't gotten a proper haircut since a like professional. Yeah, since like February. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's been a while, and I've, I've finally been able to, to reunite uh, uh, with my barber after a, a lot of organization and figuring uh-huh. out how to do things socially, socially distanced. Uh, and we made it work. We made it work. Thank it. God. I love it, man. Tim, how are you yeah. feeling two days after DC Fandom? I'm feeling pretty good, man. You know, it's been weird uh, getting used to being outside of the Dome um, for a oh, long yeah. time. I thought I was just going to live there forever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm happy that the uh, that the DC fandom happened. I think it was a really cool event. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. But to me, its imperfections kind of gave it the charm that uh, I'm looking for for a 12-hour stream. Uh, there was enough hype announcements to, to keep things going, whether you're a movie fan or a game fan. Um, and there was enough awkward, weird moments and like decisions like the dome itself that uh, it kind of just kept the energy going no matter what we were watching. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to catch most of it because I was I was out and about on Saturday. But for the moments I the moments I tuned in for, it seemed like a fascinating thing because I I caught Will Arnett like doing the whole bit where he's like, oh, I'm trapped in the dome or whatever, and I and I caught all the bits where people are standing in front of very obviously bad green screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you that that lends to a kind of a charm that I kind of appreciate because you could tell that they're trying, but you could tell that they're also struggling at the same time. Yeah, man, it's uh, it was interesting for to say the least. But I, I was down, I was down for it, and um, it's unfortunate that we're not going to get a Marvel equivalent. Like, I mean, I guess we kind of got that last year with uh, Comic Con, mm. uh, with the Marvel panel they did. But I, I think at the end of the day, that you know, there's a lot of downsides to this, uh, everything having to be digital right now. But I do think an upside is that we all get to see it. It's not just Hall H. It's not just the people in a room. Uh, because as cool as the marvel panel was last year i didn't get to see it they eventually uploaded it online and they cut out all the trailers they cut out all Mm -hmm. the actual fun animations and some of those leaked later with uh you know crowd footage or or whatever but like it was nothing like this like this this is cool and i hope that this is more indicative of the future than anything else well, Tim, I'm excited to keep talking about DC fandom because today's stories include the reveal of Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. When can we expect a new Switch model and more? Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show 
housekeeping gamescom opening night live is happening this thursday i can't believe Hell it's yeah. already here I like know, it, it feels like it came quick and i'm i'm very excited about it uh you can catch us reacting to it live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games right after thursday's kind of funny games daily uh, it'll be your regular react screw that'll be me tim andy and greg's returning because greg's greg's on vacation right now you're mm-hmm. not gonna get any Greg this week, aside from opening night live. That's right, he's coming. Boo, he's coming back from the dead. We want more Greg. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. Even 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 well, I mean, even great leaders have to take breaks. An update there is mm-hmm. uh, we we are actually getting a fair amount of Greg because we're getting him for opening night live. We're also getting him Boo, for too much Greg, slightly less. <laughs> Gamescast this week, uh, which is going to be the post show analysis of the. Um, not fando i'm stuck in the dome oh, guys i'm sorry it's hard to get out uh yeah of opening night live which i'm so excited about did you see that uh jeff Keeley was kind of uh given some more information about opening night live i've, I've seen he's been ago? he's been teasing a few things like he teased that call of duty is going to be there he teased a couple of other games i think and then yeah he was he, I, I saw he was kind of talking about how yeah you're, you're going to expect a lot of updates on games that have already been announced yeah let me, let me with pull last it year. up in a sec um sorry keep going keep going as you're doing that, uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed, Mohammed, and Blackjack. Uh, today, we're, we're brought to you by Klarna and Bespoke Post, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Starting with Tim, what you got for me? What I got for you here is uh, a few things on opening night live for Thursday from Jeff Keighley. Uh, the show is live from a studio in Los Angeles. We're being very careful. No live audience. Currently 38 games in the show from 18 different oh. publishers. Expected to run two hours. Um, there oh. will be some new game announcements. But like opening night live last year, the show is primarily focused on updates from announced titles. So no, we are not announcing 38 new games. So far, we have announced the reveal of the Doom Eternal campaign and the reveal of season two of fall guys yeah let's fucking go i'm excited to see what that looks like uh there'll be much more to share in the coming days and other titles also the show is open for co-streaming on twitch and youtube so please watch and share and we will ladies and gentlemen oh will. yeah be there yeah i'm very excited like the idea that it's going to be probably mostly updates to games that already exist like that's kind of what we've been talking about uh as we've been bringing up opening night live and what our expectations can be because based off of last year there weren't any announcements last year that were shut the world down like they like they totally blew us away type of announcements but there were there were like cool things here and there from opening night live and so if they're able to continue to ride that wave and how i mean and even the things that they already said are going to be there right fall guy season two call of duty um the Damn. doom eternal dlc like that right there is already pretty like those are those are that's a banger lineup right there totally so if they can continue with that i'm down for it and and more than that i think uh it's interesting to look at Oh, this opening live compared to last year's where last year's was the first. And I think that while there wasn't any bangers like you're talking about, I do think that overall it was a really well put together yeah, show. It was a good show. That like kind of last year just didn't really have a place because it was so close to game awards. But I feel like this year it kind of being marketed more as the end of this summer game fest, like being the season finale. There's a bit more expectation there for me where I, I'm kind of hoping that we see something of some type of sub like substantial uh meaning to the industry here where it's like when you look at what jeff has been responsible for himself on the with the games fest side we got tony hawk we got crash bandicoot obviously those things speak to me a lot but i think that him hyping up opening night live as the season finale i want one there needs to be one thing that makes us go oh shit 
Now, what this do you, was what, all worth it. <laughs> what do you think of the tagline for opening night live? Because the tagline is this is only the beginning, which tells me, and this is this is me making a leap. This is me making a stretch, but oh <laughs> it's about to be this it's about to be the beginning of next gen, right? Like if I, I could see this, and this is kind of what I was theorizing on, I guess, tomorrow's PS I Love You XOXO because we recorded that early. And so now it feels like something that's already gone up, even though it's not gone up yet. I was kind of talking about how, like, yeah, I can expect to see updates on next-gen titles that we've already seen, right? Updates oh, yeah. from that PlayStation event that we got in uh, June or that Xbox event we got in, in May and, I guess, uh, July at this point, right? Like, I'm expecting somewhat of this this opening night live to kind of set up what we can expect from let's say the first year of next gen yeah no it's funny you say that because i thought you were going to say that this is the beginning of next year's summer game fest oh my god like not only is it the yeah. end of this year's it's the beginning of next year's beginning I, of I, yeah i don't know and i think that something that's actually extremely interesting to think about is where does game awards fall we're getting into this conversation of like yeah, man. there's so many ifs and buts and stuff xbox committing still to november but like is playstation gonna hit this year like they're so far it's just holiday you know and i don't expect it to get delayed but at what point does it you know at what point does it yeah. go to 2021 Dude, we'll see it's possible and then Anything with game awards at what point does that just get moved into the beginning of next year we'll have to see guys we'll have to see but anyway we'll talk way more about that over the next couple of days i'm sure Let's get into our actual story number one. Uh, we have a DC fandom wrap-up for you here. I've divided this into two different stories. So we have 1A, 1B. 1A, we're going to talk about Gotham Knights. 1B, we'll get to Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Uh, but to start with 1A, let's talk about Gotham Knights, which, which was revealed on Saturday at DC Fandom. This is Steve Watts at GameSpot. WB Games Montreal has finally revealed its long-rumored Batman project at DC Fandom after months of teasers and rumors. As rumors suggested, the game is called Gotham Knights and features multiple playable characters from within the Bat family. It's coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X in 2021. Unlike the Arkham games, you won't be playing as Bruce Wayne. In fact, the billionaire caped crusader is dead. The reveal trailer showed Gotham City uh, grapple grappling with the death of Bruce Wayne. Before he went, though, he recorded a message calling the four protagonists into action. Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, and Red Hood. The trailer showed off each of them in action, including heroes fighting, to, including the heroes fighting together. Uh, a separate press release confirmed it can be played solo or with two-player co-op. The cinematic ended with confirmation that the story will include the Court of Owls. The developer chat and extended gameplay demo that followed that followed seemed to suggest some degree of live some degree of a live aspect to the game, with the ability to customize your heroes and enemies shown with HP, XP, and level indicators. The press release also outlined how we can expect the four different characters to play differently. Batgirl is a hacker who uses her tonfa and martial arts. Nightwing is a more acrobatic fighter who uses eskrima sticks. Red Hood is a vigilante who uses a combination of traditional and high-tech weapons, including firearms. Finally, Robin is a prodigy with a background in psychological warfare. He uses a quarterstaff and stealth techniques. Let me stop you right there. This just reminds me of, remember all the rumors that Rocksteady was going to make a Ninja Turtles game? Man, what could oh yeah, what could have? I mean, I saw a question that came in. I didn't, I didn't pick up the question, but they were uh, there was a question that was essentially asking like, who can we expect as DLC from this game, and can we expect the Ninja Turtles? And I sat and I thought about it, and I was like, man, that'd be wild. But like, w- imagine that world, right? Why imagine not? Imagine that man. universe. They they've played together a couple times now, both in comic form, movie form, even in Justice form. Oh yeah, the video game. We'll see. 
You might remember that Batgirl, real name Barbara Gordon, was paralyzed by Joker in the Arkham games. Because this is not set in the same continuity, she is able to put on the mask again. Tim, two days separated from DC fandom. What are your thoughts on Gotham Knights? I mean, again, I still don't feel like I'm totally out of the dome, but um, I am extremely impressed with this with this the presentation of this game and what it ended up being. Like, I feel like for how long this game had been ridiculously teased i think what we ended up getting from it is something that is a very interesting mix of what we expected with stuff that i don't think anybody was really kind of putting their money on and i think that that's actually for the better like this looks like something that's very very interesting and and different than uh what we kind of would have expected from you know what wb montreal was going to do i don't know that all of those things are going to work but i do think that they presented this in a way that there was nothing that made anyone i've seen go oh no they're fucking this up you know at the very mm -hmm. least it was like hmm interesting about the you know all the numbers and the leveling and all that stuff we'll see how that goes but it wasn't a fuck it i have to write this off because they took this thing that i'm excited for and now i'm not excited for it like everyone that was excited for uh whatever they were working on it seems like kind of is still excited if not more excited than they were before the dome Yes, I'm I'm with you. Everything about this really spoke to me and really got me excited. And I've I've seen some nitpicks here and there as far as like, oh, is this games or service? Oh, they're not doing like they're not continuing Batman. I really wanted another Arkham game or oh, like yeah, with the with the numbers popping out of characters and stuff, what does that mean for the combat? And I can understand I can understand some of those nitpicks here and there, but overall, every single thing they showed for me really speaks to me in terms of this feels like a very fresh Batman experience. Wait, and, so quick, quick question. So this is mm -hmm. not in the Arkham universe that we know. No. This is like, th no, this is like a, almost like a multiverse situation as I understand it, uh -huh. right? Like it is not, it is not a, con a, a continuation of Arkham Knight. Yeah. Cause I don't even remember how Arkham Knight ends, but I thought, I thought Batman died. Yeah. I, I well, I didn't even finish Arkham Knight, so I don't, I don't even know I Arkham Knight. Either. Either. I didn't either. Yeah. I got stuck and with that tank level. <laughs> fucking level, you know what I mean? But that's, you know, that's actually the point I'm getting to, though, is that, like, for me, I played Arkham Asylum, loved it, thought that game was fantastic. Played Arkham City, really enjoyed it. Got to Arkham Knight, and I was just like, all right, man, these are this is a lot more of the same. I, I like, Ar the Arkham games are great, right? Arkham game, like, Rocksteady knows what they're doing. They know how to make a, a good game, but at a certain point, like after we got after we get what four Batman Arkham games, it does start to feel a bit samey and a bit stale. And so, seeing everything they've shown in this trailer, seeing the new characters, seeing the RPG systems that they're adding to it, seeing that they're adding co-op to it, uh, legit everything they showed here spoke to me in a way that I am very excited for this game. Yeah, it's it's interesting because to me, uh, somebody that has not beat the Arkham games, I've tried asylum a couple times and it's just one of those games that like i i've loved every moment i've played of it but i just never stuck with it and i've restarted it like eight times uh but watching this it's kind of like i don't care too much about the bat family like about the characters that we saw batgirl's cool but even then like i like a very specific iteration of batgirl and it doesn't seem like mm -hmm. this one's it the costume looks dope but um that doesn't sell me instantly and on top of that like i'm not ever a fan of hey there's this big giant blue thing exploding in the city and particle effects are everywhere and like everything's just getting torn up and the destruction is like mass scale and this uh gameplay bit we saw really focused on that stuff but i will say that this got me excited to go back and 
try to commit to actually playing through the Arkham games, which I think by the time I did that, if I did, if I finished them, that I would be extremely excited about this game because it would be that, oh, this is just different enough. And now I, I do want the Bat Family because um, I want something that is a, a change-up. Do you, bless, do you think that after the four Rock City Batman games, changing the characters is going to be enough of a change-up? Oh, 100%. I, I, I mean, I, I think between changing the characters... I think also the the new revamped combat and RPG systems and stuff like I think all that stuff in combination is going to be enough. Uh, because again, like watching this trailer, watching the the gameplay uh, depth breakdown that they did, like everything here seems fresh and new. And for some of the complaints I saw that people had with it, right, uh, mainly being that, oh yeah, this doesn't look like the same Arkham game. I'm like, good. Yeah, I don't necessarily want the same Arkham game because if I wanted to go play Arkham, I can go play Arkham. Uh, this being a WB Montreal game that, for all intents and purposes, when they came out and they and they put out uh, Arkham Origins, it seemed like a lot of people were let down by it for one reason or another, right? And and I think the main the main the main thing behind that is the fact that they're not Rocksteady, and so for them to take take on this uh, game series that is not theirs, right, is you know them trying to either fill in fill in a gap or. Um, you know, make whatever kind of spinoff kind of game or prequel or whatever, like, like uh, to fit in with that series. That, I, I feel like that kind of got in the, got in the way of one, the reception of it and two, like how much they were able to take ownership of it. This mm -hmm. seems like something they can take ownership of as totally. WB Montreal, because it is, they don't have to, one, it's in a separate uh, timeline or universe or however you want to call it. Right. And so they're able, they're, they're able to make their own story. They're able to make something that is different enough to, so that everybody isn't comparing it to Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. Um, and then also like do new things, like do new fresh things, inject these RPG systems in, uh, in there. While also on the other side, Rocksteady is doing their own thing, which isn't Batman, right? It is Suicide Squad fighting the Justice League doing their own thing. Uh, and so I, I, think, I think, you know, from all sides here, this is a pretty. This is a pretty uh, good scenario for both Rocksteady mm -hmm. and WB Montreal to have their own visions. This seems like a win unanimously. Yeah. I think that uh, the Gotham Knights is a win. The Nano Biologist writes in uh, to Patreon.com. It's kind of funny games. It's like you can and says, "Hi, blessing Tim. Mm -hmm. We got some cool trailers over the weekend, and now and now and now know what the Bat property has been up to. But did the Gotham Knights trailer help or hurt your feelings about?" about this one being the actual games as a service game that we all fear WB to be making. Well, looking back, I got major Wolfenstein Young Youngblood vibes, which, while not a games as a service, still introduced a lot of weird elements that hampered the reception of that game. For instance, damage numbers, levels, locked-off areas, dungeons, and forced co-op. What elements from these quasi-games as a service games do you hope that Gotham Knights introduces to really make the series better? What part do you think will hurt the game, but may still be introduced? Thanks, the nanobiologist. So, for me, as somebody who played Wolfenstein Youngblood, uh, I'm with you here, nanobiologist, as far as the things that that game introduced to modern Wolfenstein that felt more games as a servicey. The thing I will say, especially compared to what we saw from Gotham Knights, is Wolfenstein Youngblood added those elements, and the way that they added it, added them in were bad. Like, I don't think it was that it was that inherently the idea of a Wolfenstein games as a service game is a bad idea. Like, I think they could pull that off if they really put in the effort and really put in the work. But Wolfenstein Youngblood just had elements in there that just did not work overall to the experience. Like, they, they had the leveling for the, for, the, uh, for the enemies. They had, like, optional areas they can find in the map and all this stuff. But as a game that was 
two-player co-op and inherently still a Wolfstein game and didn't necessarily encourage backtracking and all this stuff, that it, it, it felt more like that stuff was shoehorned in rather than the game was designed around it. And so if Gotham Knights has some of this, and to be clear, right, Gotham Knights, I don't think it's a game as a service game. I think it's just a game that happens to have co-op in it. Um, and so for this game to be a co-op game, right? Like I think if it's, if it's designed around the RPG systems in a way that makes sense and that works, I don't think that stuff gets in the way. I think that then enhances the experience. Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to, you know, video games still being such a new medium that when things are introduced, it takes a little bit of time for them to be implemented into other games. And not, it's not always going to work. And I think that sometimes um, games are almost put out as a, a, a sidestep of like, oh, we're going to test some shit and see what works before we move on to the next one. I think that with Youngblood, that's a perfect example of that, where they tried some different things. We'll see what ends up the, the next Wolfenstein game ends up looking like, right? How many of those elements do they actually uh, enhance and, and take forward? How many are like, all right, you know what? That didn't work at all. Um, yeah. When you look at RPGs, it's silly to call a game, unless it, a game is a traditional RPG. To, to call a game an RPG now is kind of weird because every game has RPG elements. Every game has a skill tree, you know? And yeah. it's like, when we see skill trees in games, we don't necessarily stop and say, oh, it's an RPG and like hold it to all these uh, standards. We look at it as like, oh, it has a skill tree. Or at the very least, just say it has RPG elements. Mm -hmm. I think that games as a service is still in that taboo state where it's a bad word, a bad series of words. Um, but I do think that at some point, we're just going to be like, oh, it, it has games as a service elements. Or we'll come up with a much better way to say that that doesn't sound as clunky. But I think we're already in that point where the elements are kind of transcending into and making their way into uh, more traditional games. And I don't think that that's fully a bad thing. But I do think that we haven't seen it work out great yet. Yes. And I think there's still more left to be uh, uh, learned about Gotham Knights. The GameSpot article here mentions that there are there's some degree of a live aspect to the game, but going through the press release, uh, rewatching the, the dev trailers, right, and like going through all the information, I'm still not clear on what those live elements are. Like, I didn't really get that from from any of the uh, stuff that was shown. Like, it very much when when I think of live elements, I am thinking of all right, post launch, you know, you'll get this, this, and this, or like some kind of roadmap alongside the game, or some kind of like dailies or weekly objectives. Like that's what comes to mind for me when I think of live, uh, uh, live service aspects. And I don't think we got any of that from what was shown. Like it very much does just seem like an uh, action RPG or an action game with with I guess heavy RPG elements that is going to happen to be co op. And maybe like the thing is you know, with your co-op partner, maybe they're able to carry in their Robin into your game and you guys are able to, to play that way, uh, which I guess does introduce some sort of like, all right, now we got to figure out level scaling and all that stuff. Maybe that is what can be translated as, oh yeah, this is a live game or, or, or a live service game. But for the most part, I am I am not getting that vibe from uh, this game as far as it being some sort of games or service game. And so kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you have any more info as far as what points to this game being a games as a service, but I don't necessarily see that or have that fear with this game. Let's talk about Suicide Kill the Justice League. This is story 1B. And again, this is Steve Watts at GameSpot. After a long wait, Rocksteady has finally revealed its next game with an in-depth look at DC fandom titled Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. 
The studio had announced the Suicide Squad game with the promise of more details to come and a teaser image of a target over Superman's head. The teaser trailer expanded on that concept and announced a release date of 2022 on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Just like with the Gotham Knights game unveiled earlier in the day, you'll be able to play this one with your friends. The debut trailer shown during DC Fandom featured several members of the squad goofing off and then reluctantly springing into action against enemy forces. It ended with Superman showing up and apparently killing a civilian as the Suicide Squad realized uh, they would have to take down the hero. A follow-up with host Will Arnett suggested that the four main characters will be Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang. And I'll add that in the press release released later. They did Where's confirm Weasel? those are the four the four characters. Where is Weasel? We're fucking robbed of Weasel already, man. This game's gonna fail. Terrible. Uh, tasked with defeating the Justice League, uh, it's a it's a one to four player co op with all four characters represented. Though you can play single player and have your companions play by AI and switch between them. Arnett also conducted a brief interview with Rocksteady's Stephen Hill, who said that this game is part of the Arkham universe. And then uh, I went and read the press release. I'm going to pull this portion of the press release in because this is something I've not seen anybody talk about, and I want to talk about it. Uh, part of the press release reads, Warner Brothers Games and DC Today announced Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, a new genre-bending action-adventure shooter that can be played solo or with up to four players in online co-op. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League combines the studio's signature character-driven story gameplay with third-person shooter action to deliver a gaming experience unlike any other. Tim, this game's a third-person shooter. Not, I've not seen anybody mention this anywhere. I mean, that's it's inter- the genre-bending thing, I think. Kind that, of. That's interesting, right? I mean... Or am I making like a mountain out of a molehill? I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill because third party shooter action like i think they're just trying to say that like some characters are going to be playing a little bit more like nathan drake and some players are going to play a little bit more like a kratos you know what i mean like i think that that's where the genre bending comes in here but yeah it's this this game is is very interesting to me because obviously rocksteady this being their first game in forever i was saying this uh when we were in the dome but like when you look at kind of the 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 big top tier devs that aren't first party devs um or even if they they are in in some way like affiliated with retro studios and rocksteady are the two that i'm just like my god how did such top tier devs not put out a game in the last it's going to be seven years by the seven years yeah right oh yeah by the time this comes out i mean look you look at retro and it's going to be even longer like since 2013 so that's crazy to me and then for it to be this and then we still have so long to wait until this game actually is a real game that we're seeing gameplay of and we have a better understanding i thought this was a really cool reveal and i thought that they gave just enough for us to have conversations about and theorize and try to come up with what this game might be over the next couple years and like it gives them room to have some pretty cool uh reveals throughout the next two years (laughs) before this game comes out um but it also gives gotham knights some room to not only uh, be its own game, uh, but give it a chance at success, but also to be its own thing that's separate from the Rocksteady universe and the the Arkham universe that we know that this game is yeah. in. Um, so we'll see. And like the the weird thing is like again the games to the service stuff. Like 2022 is a long ways away. It it still is not far enough away that it won't have you know still have the development mindset of 
current gen of like still not figuring out all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that even by then that we still might see some like issues with all the stuff, like with the games as a service stuff not being fully fleshed out in the way like we look at Avengers now and we're just like, oh, man, like, like it has all these on. issues. That yeah. like if that game was made today, I feel like a lot of that stuff wouldn't be in it, you know? But maybe mm-hmm. it's far enough out. I don't know. I mean, I think the the growing pains that we've seen so many different games of service games uh, go through over the last generation, it, 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 those growing pains are probably going to help out with this game, especially with Avengers coming out, which seems to be uh, somewhat similar, even though in the press release and from what we know about this game, right? Like they don't even de- they don't really describe it as a as a games of service. They say it can play it can be played with up to four player co op. And from what we've seen in the trailer, right? Like we can we can see how this game more so than I think Gotham Knights can go in the direction of oh yeah i can see how this is going to 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 expand into a games as a service game with the other with... way wait say that again i think the opposite really i think that from what we've seen it's much easier to extrapolate gotham knights as being games as a service i don't think that it is really mm-hmm. i don't think that it is but we saw numbers we saw levels we saw uh two people going up against a giant bad a giant guy situation Freed, right yeah like I see more of that there with what we got here. Yeah. I don't think there's enough evidence to to show that this is going to be that with the exception of relating it to things we already know, like Avengers. Yeah. And well, I'm I'm also like combining this with what we've heard reports and rumors being about this game. Um, and so like with all things considered and me, me pretty, basically like almost assuming that this game is going to be a game as a service at this point. Right. You imagine that they're, they're seeing what Avengers is doing. They're going to look at, the release of uh, of Avengers uh, and how that looks post launch and all that stuff, right? Uh, you know, they're going to take in what we've seen from Destiny and from what we've, what we've seen with Division One and and um, uh, Anthem and Fallout seventy six and pretty much every other game that we've seen released this generation. Take that and and put it into learnings and figure out all right, how do we release this game where at launch people don't have an issue with it and at post launch we're able to develop it if that is what they're playing with the game is. Uh, I'm 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 curious to see. So far, I think they're they're leading off with the right foot. Like I'm feeling very good about this game showing with just the cinematic trailer, right? And I I understand people who are like, I want to see gameplay. Like gameplay is king. I'm not going to form an opinion until I see gameplay. And I think all that is fair, uh, invalid. Of course, this game is two years away, and so I'm I'm still at the place where I'm like, all right, cool. Show me gameplay next year. I don't mind. Uh, with what I, we see I, from the cinematic, I like the tone. I like what they're going for. I think with that, it's like, of course, we for a video game, we want to see gameplay. But I do think that when it comes to uh, certain certain games, and I think that like IP heavy games like a DC focused endeavor, uh, tone and vibe and character are just as important as oh yeah, seeing gameplay for the first time. And I think that what they did for Suicide Squad is give us exactly what I needed to see, which is something that is familiar but fresh. And this was a Suicide Squad that you know, doesn't have all of the familiar trappings of the Hot Topic-esque um, vibes that the, you know, Jared Leto uh, Joker-verse kind yeah. of uh, reminds us of, but it still has the... the it still has of, attitude. And, and But it has a different look. It has a brightness to it of, like, just seeing uh, Metropolis in the daytime. And, like, granted, that could just be one level, but that's the level that they chose to show us in the beginning of this. Like, I think that that's going to go a long way of... Um, making us feel uh, be reminded of Sunset Overdrive, I think, is a very positive thing. So, yeah, and I and, think they nailed it. 
you made the point earlier, right, of WB Montreal's Gotham Knights game and in this game and how you know having both having both of them on the release slate, how those games are going to interact with each other, right? I think one them being in separate years is going to help both of them a lot. But then, yeah, Gotham Knight being that more leaning towards the traditional, hey, we're going out at nighttime. We're the Bat family. You know, we're doing Batman shit at night because that's how we roll and it's dark and gritty on all this stuff. That in contrast with the Suicide Squad, which seems like it is going to have stuff going on in the daytime. It is going to have a, a fun energy to it. It is going to have an attitude to it. But at the same time, it has an energy that I think seemingly we might be able to to vibe with despite it being more of an upbeat uh, game taking place in that universe. I think those are going to bounce off each other quite well, right? With them not both being the the dark Batman game uh, that yeah. we kind of expect. And totally. so I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Alex writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. It's like you can. It says, hey, y'all, now that we've got our first tease of, of Kill the Justice League, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what the game will be. Personally, I love the tone of the game from the first teaser, as it seems super funny. And listening to the creator's description, I'm thinking the game is not a game as a service. Obviously, he said it's multiplayer, but I'm thinking it's still just a full-length co-op campaign, rather than the adventure style of grinding and leveling. But that's just a guess. Thanks, Alex. Tim, I know we we just got a, a cinematic trailer. We talked about it a little bit, but do you have any idea what this game, like, what the actual game of this game is going to be? I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, where it's like, I, I think that had we not known about all the rumors of it being games as a service, I don't know that we would be as... We wouldn't on have, that concept yeah we wouldn't um, have jumped on the idea that oh yeah this is going to be that and again it very much can be like easily i, I think that right now it has equal chance of being a avenger style games as a service or just being a a full-length co-op campaign or not, maybe not even co-op does anything about it say it's co-op in well they the, do say in the press release they said it's oh one they do players. say yeah you're right you're right okay well i say it's most likely going to be a, mm-hmm. a avengers type game yeah. but, but even i do I, think that 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 there's a context there that it's like that doesn't necessarily mean there's all the millions of war tables and stuff it still could just be a rock city style narrative yes like the wording in that press release is interesting because i if it if it is a games of service game i feel like coming out and saying one to four player like one it, it can be played single player with up to four player co-op that is i don't that doesn't feel like the wording to me as if it was a games of service game. And so I'm kind of with you on the idea that I'm right this right now I can go either way as far as what it is between just a, a co-op game or a games of service game, right? And like I, I think that that a lot of this comes back to hey, what is a games of service game, right? Like is Borderlands games of service? Like on one hand, yes, but on the other hand it's not Destiny. It's not uh See, mm. That's the problem I have with this is the, the PR talk of it all is at the end of the day these developers and publishers and the people doing the PR, they know that things are going to be received certain ways. And games as a service is seen as a cash grab, is seen as like a money-hungry thing that is designed to not enhance the experience, but to make money. And mm-hmm. sometimes the experience is enhanced by what they're doing, but oftentimes it works the other way of like, okay, how can we make more money off of this? How can we come up with something that gets us that money? And I think that them trying to like lead with this whole, it's a single player thing that you can also do uh, up to four player co-ops. Like we've heard that before with other games and we've seen what that ended up turning out to be, right? And I think that they understand that their wording is super important to like kind of not lie, but keep things in this like, well, it could be this, but it could be that. 
mm-hmm. you know, and until we actually know, I think that it's all just kind of lip service to to make us not hate this thing that doesn't exist yet, which is smart. And that's they need to do that, of course. But um, we'll we'll see. I'm, we'll I'm see. very interested. I do think I, I think that we can we have no reason not to trust Roxy. So, yeah, until we do, we should trust him. Tim, are you ready to speculate some more? Let's do it, man. Story number two, could we see a new Switch model arrive early next year? This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo will launch a new Switch model hardware early next year, a report citing manufacturing sources has claimed. Uh, Taipei-based newspaper Economic Daily News claimed on Tuesday that the new Switch would enter production later this year with a launch planned for Q1 2021. According to the publication, the new Switch model will feature upgraded interactivity and improved display quality. The report cites various hardware manufacturers responsible for the Switch's flash storage, Joy-Con controllers, and more. Over the past year, several media media reports have claimed that Nintendo has been planning a third Switch model in addition to the flagship's, uh, flagship console and the Switch Lite. Citing sources from the related supply chain, Taiwanese website DigiTimes reported in January that new Switch hardware would enter mass production in the first quarter of this year and launch soon after. The Wall Street Journal also claimed in 2019 that Nintendo was planning a a more powerful Nintendo Switch hardware revision with enhanced features targeted at avid gamers. And in April, a Nintendo Switch firmware update reportedly referenced a new unannounced hardware model. Tim, where are you at in this whole discussion of when can we expect the Switch Pro or the Switch upgrade or whatever we're calling it at this point? More so than any other game company, Nintendo clearly was hit hard with their their plans when it comes to COVID in this year. So I don't know. Anything that they had planned is clearly changed. Uh, there's no way that I want to believe or can believe that the way that they've rolled out their games this year where Animal Crossing was their, their giant game in March and then we got uh, Xenoblade, which sold super well, probably a lot of that due to the fact that there's nothing else coming out, and then Paper Mario, and now it's just kind of quiet until Pikmin. Um, what is going to come after that? There's the rumors of a Nintendo Direct coming next week. We'll see. We'll see. Whatever that ends up being. Or rumors of a Nintendo announcement coming next week. Direct's probably not the right word. Um, When it comes to this... rumors, man. I feel like there's... I feel like at this point, there has always been a rumor about a Nintendo Direct coming next week, no matter what week week it's been. Totally. And it might happen, because right now, Nintendo seems to not even have their shit together enough to... Even they don't even know, I don't think. Like, I think that... Certain people know, but I don't think that as a unified unified front between Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Japan that they understand where everything's at right now. Um, I have often thought that the Switch Pro or whatever it's going to be called was going to be alongside Breath of the Wild 2. I think that makes a lot of sense for mm-hmm. the audience that uh, is going to be interested in, in either of those things. I think that that's a uh, very tempting model for... Uh, people that want that hardcore experience that want Breath of the Wild 2 and are like, you know what? I already have a Switch, but I'm going to upgrade because I want the better experience for one of my favorite yeah. games of all time sequel. You know, uh, they'd be silly not to to have that out. So I don't expect to see Breath of the Wild 2 until there's a Switch Pro, Switch Pro system or whatever it is. Um, and I do think that Breath of the Wild 2 is closer than than a lot of people expect. Is all of that thrown into a loop? I don't fucking know. But I I truly believe that Breath of the Wild 2 was planned to be this year. Do you think it's possible we see a new Switch model and Breath of the Wild 2 in Q1 2020? 
2021. I do do think it's possible. I don't think it's likely at this point. Um, With Pikmin 3 being in October, I think it is. It might be September. Either way, that's pretty clear to me that that game was supposed to come out sometime this summer. And they were going to have something bigger then. And everything just got pushed back. Um, But I don't know. Hype, like theorizing about Nintendo at this point is kind of just going in circles uh, yeah. of talk because we just don't know. There's We don't have enough information to go off. All we know is that they're being really, really weird. So anything can happen. Story number three, Microsoft has backed Epic in their battle against Apple. This is from Tucker Higgins at CNBC, which I don't think we've, we've cited CNBC on this show before. And so... This is some this is some uh, big business news that we're dealing with here. Microsoft has stepped into the brewing legal battle between Apple and Epic Games over the former's policies with regard to its ubiquitous App Store. In a declaration filed on Sunday, a senior Microsoft engineer said that allowing Apple to block Epic Games' de- developer account would deal a significant blow to game makers, including Microsoft, by making them un- unable to use Epic's Unreal Engine. Quote, if Unreal Engine cannot support games for iOS or macOS, Microsoft will be required to choose between abandoning its customers and potential customers on the iOS and macOS platforms or choosing a different game engine when preparing to develop new games. Apple's, con- Apple's discontinuation of Epic's ability to develop and support Unreal Engine for iOS and macOS will harm game creators and gamers, end quote. A hearing on Epic's motion, motion is scheduled for Monday afternoon. Tim. A new challenger has approached. Do you think Microsoft backing Epic is going to have a big uh, impact on this Epic v Apple situation? I think it's I think it's a big move, um, and I think that it's a strong motion to to be like I stand in solidarity with this, especially because you know Epic is making the move for themselves, of course, but they are also making the move for the industry, and it specifically seems to be in response to X Cloud not being able to be on iOS. Um, so with all of that, like, I think that these are important steps that need to happen. And there's so much that can be discussed about who's right, who's wrong, what should happen, all that. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, as a gamer, from what I'm looking for, and what I think that millions of us are looking for, it is convenience. I keep saying this, I'm a broken record next gen, it needs to be about convenience of if something should work, it should work. Like if if you think something should be able to work a certain way, that's how it probably should be. And I'm not going crazy with that of like, oh, you should be able to play Nintendo games on a PlayStation. You you get what I'm saying. And I think that when it comes to xCloud, it should work on iOS. We all agree with that. We understand that this is a service that we are used to our phones working a certain way where apps are part of our lives and apps can do so many different things. And it's weird when an app can't do something specifically something that we know it can do on android yeah so i think this is super important i think that microsoft siding with epic is great i'd love to see more people come forth and and, and like more big names do this as well uh but we'll have to see to your i mean to your point right as consumers we know when we're being fed bullshit and like i think i think that's the biggest part of it when it comes to the the x cloud involvement uh, because yeah, when this when this Epic versus Apple thing first started, right? When me and Greg uh, read that first news story, that was yeah, Epic is uh, side sidestepping around Apple the Apple Store, right? In order to allow people to buy V Bucks through their own proprietary means. When that got revealed, that's where my that's where my mind first went, and that's where our that's what that was our first reference, right? Because this came on the heels of X Cloud being 
uh, blocked from Apple uh, for all intents and purposes. And yeah, like that seemed like a very arbitrary decision, a decision that's that's based plainly off of competition, right? Apple wants to be able to sell you their their games. They don't want they don't want uh, xCloud on their store because they know how big of competition that would be. And the reasoning being bullshit that we're all able to to kind of see, right? Because the reasoning was, oh yeah, we don't want uh, unvetted software on our system because we be, because xCloud would then allow you to to have access to all these different games, and we we want to be able to protect our cons- consumer base. That that kind of gets thrown out the window when you look at all the other apps that are available on the app store, right? That kind of gets thrown out the window when you when you have apps like Amazon or you have plenty of other apps that do allow you to uh, have access to all these different kinds of services, whether it is like games or whatever it may be through their own their own apps, right? This is specifically an Apple versus Microsoft beef. And so to see Epic on the heels of that, jump in, be like, hey, some of Apple's policies are kind of bullshit and kind of... Uh, uh, lending to the mon- the monopolization you know of their system and of that store and of that ecosystem uh to see them step in you know that's awesome on the heels of the microsoft stuff and then and then to see microsoft after that then back epic that is even more awesome like i went through and read the whole uh declaration that came from microsoft and they make a lot of good points there right their, their whole point is yeah if apple blocks uh unreal engine then that kind of fucks with not only us, but with the games industry in general. Like in that declaration, they reference indie games. They reference uh, a bunch of different developers who use the Unreal Engine because the Unreal Engine is one of the most popular video game engines available. And you know, I, I'm, I'm so curious on what the thought process is on the Apple side to block Unreal Engine because they have to know, to some extent, they must know how popular and how important that engine is to the games on their service. And so to, to block it, it se- seems counterintuitive on the Apple side, um, but it's nice, to see, it's nice to see Microsoft take a stand. Totally. And I mean, I think that the reason Apple's doing this is a, a, a nice combination of, of ego and trying to protect their business and protect the money that they make. And it's them looking at their side and just being like, it's the, if you, if you give a mouse a cookie type thing where they're just like, why would we change this when it's working for us right now? Like, and yeah. we don't want to be bullied into having to change things because where's where does that line end, right? And luckily, we don't need we don't need to fight that fight. <laughs> that is yeah. something they need to figure out. And like I said earlier, like I know where I stand on this, and it's not with Epic, but it is for it, the convenience Epic, of being yeah. able to play games. So yeah, exactly. Like I I, I don't necessarily. Like I'm not necessarily 100% on the side of of Epic, but at the same time, I do hope they win, right? Like mm-hmm. I do hope they 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 win this fight because as as much as it is a business move for them to want to make more money off the store uh, off the store and have more freedom and do all that stuff as their own business, if they win, that is a win for the industry because that then breaks down barriers that Apple does have in place. And yeah, to the whole Apple shutting down Epic thing, right? It is it is a chess game and. That like it, it very much feels like the equivalent of Apple moving their pawn in a place to where their queen is exposed, but like that do- it also gives me the advantage at the same time because if you take their queen, it's checkmate for you. Like it's it's totally they're, they're in that they're in that place, and it's it's yep. fascinating to see this play out. Story number we'll four. Wait longer. Well, well, we'll see we'll see results of this soon. Uh, story number four, and this is one that I'm gonna say take with the largest grain of salt because this is one of the ones where it's like this is a rumor coming from one person from a person from reset era who seems to have credence but at the same time like who knows uh could halo infinite drop its xbox one version this is from sheriff saeed 
at VG247. Nothing is seemingly off the table for 343 Industries when it comes to Halo Infinite. Since the Halo Infinite delay, theories and reports about what went wrong at 343 Industries during development have been dropping left and right. Some suggested the game's development was heavily outsourced, making it harder for, United, for a United Vision to coalesce. Others, such as Reset Era forum member Spunger, are more concerned with what 343 might do next now that it bought itself more time. According to Spunger, the team is currently looking into possibly making the game a next-gen slash PC exclusive, dropping support for Xbox One entirely. Having to make a version of Infinite for a console that's over seven years old, particularly given Infinite's technical ambitions, is proving difficult. According to them, the current build on Xbox One is having trouble loading in assets in the game's open world, seemingly even more than the PC demo we saw, which had all sorts of pop-in. Either modifying the game engine uh, further to make Infinite somehow work well on Xbox One or potentially dropping it in favor of focusing on Xbox Series X and PC won't be a simple task, and the same user suggests a further delay to 2022 is not unlikely. Though no one has yet to verify Spunger's specific claims, a recent era moderator has said that they believe the user to be, quote, in a position to possibly know such things, end quote. It goes without saying that you should take this uh, with a pinch of salt. And I'm going to say, uh, as me blessing Adoya, take this uh, take this with the biggest grain of salt, right? Like, this is I'm coming say, from don't source, source. This is bullshit. It's not real. I do think that there's a future that this could become real. I don't think mm -hmm. that it's real now, and I don't think that this is at all a plan that they're even considering. I think that if a delay were to happen to 2022, at that point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was next-gen exclusive. We're so far from that being the case that that's a different conversation entirely. Um, I, I think that this is the type of fanboy speculation that uh, that starts up when these console wars are beginning to, to heat up again we just see these like stories that kind of just feel like hits against you know like the, like made up stuff to make the other side sound bad and the fact that there even needs to be another side is just ridiculous but uh, yeah. uh my boy titus on on twitter recently was tweeting and in response to this and he's like oh well expect an outlandish negative ps5 rumor soon and it's like that totally is what this feels like in the same way that guess what guys there's a nintendo direct every day <laughs> like you, there's going to be a rumor about a nintendo direct forever until one happens and then the moment it happens there's going to be rumors for the next one it's the same thing right now with ps5 and xbox series x there's going to be a lot of shit being thrown so much of it not true not backed up at all and i i bet this isn't real yeah, I'm I'm with you in, in terms of I don't necessarily believe it. I'm kind of waiting on whatever the Jason Schreier report is on Halo Infinite's development to like know the truth behind everything going on there because I think there like I think there are obviously behind the scenes stuff that are causing the game to be delayed, like any game that is delayed. But yeah, this seems this seems almost like a like say this was true, right? This seems so counterintuitive to what the central vision of Xbox is, right? And I mean, at this point, the game is coming out this fall you're telling me you made it this far into having the game developed on the xbox one and you're just going to develop you're just going to abandon that version that seems kind of far-fetched to me uh that said enough people enough people tagged me in this on twitter and then i saw vg247 and vgc reporting on it so i was like i guess i'll include it for that but oh, i think it's important to talk about yeah, yeah i, I think sure. it needed to be in here good job uh tim before I get to story number five, I want to let people know that, of course, they can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where they can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by NZXT. Tim, tell that me about NZXT. NZXT build, uh, BLD, is awesome. 
It's a computer company. They make computers for you, two specs to the type of game you want to play. You just go to the website, then you choose the game, whether it's Fortnite, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, anything in between, Red Dead Redemption 2, you click on it, and then it recommends you a, a build for your computer. And then they build it for you in some of the most beautiful cases I have ever seen. Uh, and they do all the cable management, and they just make it look scrumptious um i know because recently they built computers for me and andy and we are both absolutely in love with them it matches the aesthetic of my room perfectly uh where it is just it's all white i got the the 710 series oh my god the case is beautiful and the inside so many leds so pink so blue so fantastic um nzxt build is the simplest way to get a gaming pc customized the way that you want the recommendation engine matches the games you love with the performance you need to run them without compromise. You simply choose the type of games you want to play, you set a budget, and then they take care of the rest. Uh, Snowbike Mike recently got an NZXT uh, from this build program as well. He's loving his. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic, fantastic thing they got going on here. Um, all these PCs are backed by a two-year warranty and an FPS guarantee for peace of mind on reliability and performance. Uh, you can learn more at www.letsbld.com for a limited time. You can use code KFG for a free NZXT puck with purchase on an NZXT pre-built system like the NZXT streamer PC or H1 mini PC. Uh, NZXT puck must be added to your cart before purchase for the discount to apply. Once again, NZXT build is the simplest way to get a gaming PC customized the way you want. Learn more at nzxt.co slash kind of funny. YT. We're also brought to you by Klarna. Uh, thanks to Klarna for supporting Kind of Funny Games Daily in Sweden. They don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from the one app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores all from one convenient place. Pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try, try before you buy, and you can also report returns directly in the app. Get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you save to your wish list. It's always good to shop smarter and save money. Create and share wish lists of items with friends and family anywhere online. It's a fun, easy way to show what kind of products you like. Tim loves how easy it is to find what you're looking for and get set up. Uh, Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedish way to shop online. Uh, it's the one-stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online. All in one app and allows you to pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments. Download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A, -A, Swedish for shopping. We're also brought to you by Bespoke Post. Uh, as you all settle into this new normal version of summer, Bespoke Post is here with customized box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life right now more than ever you got to make sure to treat yourself and the assortment of boxes available from bespoke will help you do just that they got boxes featuring nice bags wallets kitchenware and more uh, i scrolled through the website earlier and i was blown away by the amount of varied items i wanted to get my hands on uh, bespoke post only sends guys the best stuff every month no matter what you're into box of awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. One of the boxes called Laced comes with a comfy pair of suede shoes that look super stylish. I plan to wear mine every day once they get delivered. Uh, yeah. to get, There's to even get a hue pack. 
Hue lighting pack. Oh yeah, there is a Hue lighting pack that I was Check also I also had my eyes on too, and I was like, oh man, I I like I had to make the decision. I was like, do I want to get lace or do I want to get Hue? I went with lace because I, I need some new shoes, but Hue also mm-hmm. looks hot. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. Uh, they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only forty-five bucks, but has over seventy dollars worth of gear inside. Get twenty percent off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code Games at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com code Games for twenty percent off your first box tim yes. back to the show uh, i got a couple of quick hits for you uh okay. story number five there's a new fall guys patch this is from jonathan bolding at pc gamer the fall guys ultimate knockout development team has dropped a preview of what's coming in the next patch with uh which hopefully which will hopefully release in the next week the biggest fix is probably going to be the changes that should address the top five most frequent qu- crashes for the game. Uh, more changes include party members are now sorted first in spectator mode. PS4 added controller options, including invert Y and X axis, which is probably the, the actual biggest uh, change because I know Nick Scarpino really wanted that. And a few of my friends were really looking forward to inverting the Y axis. Uh, slime climb players can no longer grab some of the moving obstacles and there's a whole bunch more uh go over to to fall guys twitter if you want the full breakdown of that and then our last story story number six summer games done quick was a success this is from marie de alessandri at gamesindustry.biz summer games done quick 2020 online came to an end yesterday raising a total of 2.3 million dollars for doctors without borders SGDQ was fully digital this year due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and started on August 16th. The broadcast of the event on Twitch reached 107,500 concurrent viewers at its peak. So congratulations to SGDQ. I'm always excited when that's going on, but I always fail to tune in because I'm Mm. a terrible viewer. (laughs) Mm. But it's always always exciting to see the clips, though. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend people go check that out on YouTube uh, if you're able to. Of course, SGDQ for next year, or I guess Awesome Games Done Quick would be the next one. That is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, Tim, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Whoa, I was not expecting that. Is that the Tim Getty show? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's we'll awesome. We'll That's awesome. Thank you for that, Kevin. Out today, we got Operation Zeta for PC, Water Rain for PC, Mary Park Street for PC, Orbit of Death for PC, and then Flower Challenge for PC. New dates, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is coming to Xbox One, Windows 10, PS4, and Steam on November 13th. And then uh, the Xbox Series X version is coming in November, and the PS5 version is coming soon. Uh, usually this is where I'd get into reader mail, but we're running in, uh, or we're, we're running late for this show. And so I'm going to read some of the mail in the post show, but we do have time for a squad up. Jordan Vickers writes in with a squad up on PS4 uh, and says, I'm looking for people to play mean greens, plastic warfare with on PS4. For reference, this is the plastic green army men game. That's only online multiplayer. I'm not much of a trophy hunter, but I am singling in on my 11th platinum. I just need more best friends because playing against bots suck. Uh, if you want to play with Jordan Vickers, you can add them on PS4 with the username Joker Vic. That is J O K E R V I C K all one word. And, uh, 
I had a couple of squad ups to choose from. I chose this one specifically for the Mean Greens because that's one that I played for PS I Love You. And let me tell you, man, that that game kind of sucks. And the, and the <laughs> fact that the fact that you're going for the platinum in it, I highly respect because that is some dedication. <laughs> I can't imagine how much frustration you're going through to get that platinum. Because when I played it, I played it on launch day of that game, and there were only three other players in my lobby, and the rest was filled with bots. And so that means, Joker Vic, you're playing with a lot of bots, and those bots are not fun to play against, and I highly, re- I highly respect you for that decision. Go get them. Uh, and if you have the Mean Greens, or you want to play the Mean Greens with Jordan with Jordan Vickers, go ahead and add them. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong. What did we get wrong today? What did we get wrong today? That didn't work as I wanted it to. People are telling me I that about, about the. To do, though. Yeah. Oh, I guess I should acknowledge this new Fall Guys uh, patch is actually out today. Uh, it's currently live. Thank you for the nanobiologist and Captain Mark for that. And one more, uh, again from nanobiologist. Uh, the Summer Game Fest Twitter confirmed that World of Warcraft Shadowlands would make an appearance during opening night live. And there you go for that. I'm skimming through to make sure we didn't miss anything else. And that looks like it. So we killed it, Tim. Me and you, mm-hmm. we killed it on this. 10 on this out of show. 10, man. Tim and Black. 10 out of 10. Green Only spin facts. Deal with it. Motherfucker. This week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are tomorrow, it's me and Andrew Renee. Wednesday, Tim and Gary Witta. Thursday, Blessing and Emron. It's me and Emron. And then Friday, again, it's me and Emron. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>